Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Hi. Oh, hello, hello. Oh my gosh, I tell you, like, good. Um, I was up, uh, what, 15 feet on the mast of a sailboat yesterday with some lovely new friends that I've uh, come into my life and uh, some fixing, I was put to work fixing some stuff. And uh, I, yeah, so it was like this wonderful day out on the water around Toronto on a summer day. And being useful, being hoisted up into a height. I felt like a Cirque du Soleil. Wow. It was Check quite you fun. Out, I know. I are, you, um, are you scared of heights? Are you okay with heights? It's a very good question. Um, I actually am, I do not like heights. Like height heights, Me as either. in like high rise buildings. Yeah. Um, plastic plexiglass windows on the yeah. top of like CN Tower. Mm-hmm. And also, I don't <laughs> like the thought of getting a plane crashing when I'm on that plane um I weirdly dream enough about... I'm okay on a plane really I don't know I don't know if it's because the whole thing is oh. enclosed and I can't physically fall out of it unless it crashes obviously mm-hmm. um I kind of feel okay anything that's encapsulated so in London there's the London Eye and you're inside mm. of a pod which is fully enclosed and I feel mm. absolutely fine in that I can stand at the edge I can mm. look down I can look over put me on a ferris wheel that isn't enclosed and there's this unnatural feeling that I could oh. topple over the top and stumble to my oh. death like huh. that's a no-no okay that's extremely interesting I just am surprised that the plane doesn't give you concern wow no, okay totally fine on a plane okay this is very nice even in turbulence yeah turbulence mm. doesn't bother me hmm. interesting but the London Eye <laughs> I'm fine on the London Eye if it's a Ferris wheel. Oh, yeah. If it was not Shoot. enclosed, that that's a definite no. Oh, gosh. We went on one with the kids years and years ago, and I not long started seeing my uh, my man, and we took, we decided I don't know why, but to take all of these young children to where uh, London <laughs> for the fireworks, um, oh. and we didn't really kind of you know we were still in the the start of the relationship, shall we say. Mm. (laughs) And I look back and I'm thinking, God, the kids were young. That was quite a stressful trip. Um, But we went on a, um, went on a Ferris wheel and the whole thing was kind of, was open. Obviously you've got side bits as well, but I think even the side bits had gaps in them. And I was saying to the kids, can we please not move this? So of course they were rocking (gasps) it more. And I'm going, can we please not? And I was literally freaking out. And my other half thought it was hilarious. (gasps) I was like, why are you laughing at me right now? <laughs> do you remember last week we were talking about fun? Yes. <laughs> and this, well, is, this is a time where you guys do not agree on the definition of fun. We weren't agreeing on the oh, definition of fun God. in that moment. Oh, my God. Okay. Let me tell you. <laughs> okay. And it's etched on my brain. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. So maybe maybe yesterday swinging from a rope swing on the top of a, a, a sailboat mast may or may not have been your cup of tea. No, I don't know how you could have done that if you're yeah. scared of heights. It's, you know, it's weird, I, isn't yeah. it? It's isn't it's it? Weird. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I live on the 28th floor of a building, which when I go to somebody else's 28th floor, I'm like, geez, this mm. is high. But on, just below my building is running this elevated highway. So it kind of creates oh this false God. sense of... 
um, not that high. So yeah, it's so weird. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, but heights aside, how are things going for you? Yeah, things are good. Um, my other half has been away and he's just come back. Um, ah. So that's quite nice, actually. Not nice ah. that he was away, but nice that he's come back. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, that is lovely. And what's the reunion like? What is the reunion like when he goes for a short distance? You know, how do you make reunions special? I mean, it might just be a business trip or something to go visit a family. Mm. or And when you come back, I mean, there should always be celebrate. We should never be too jaded to say... I'm really excited to see you again. Well, because I hadn't, the connection where he was wasn't so great, so we couldn't really speak that often. Like, obviously, texting and stuff like that, but couldn't really have proper full conversation. Okay. And because uh, the connection was so poor. So mm-hmm. um, so we just didn't. And I was having a really, really stressful week, so lots of things going on, lots of moving oh, parts. Yeah, yeah. So, of course, he gets home, and oh. uh, I just had verbal diarrhea for, like, at least oh. 45 minutes. I'm going, and then another oh. thing, and then this happened on that day. <laughs> and I said, well, I'm oh. sorry, but you went away, and now you've got six days' worth of stuff to catch up on. Yes. Oh, Goes to the whiskey oh, cabinet yeah. and he's like, I'm pulling myself a double. <laughs> well, now now it explains the reason why he asked me, could I put a bottle of fizz in the fridge? I'm kind of like, oh yeah, I kind of get that now then. You probably needed, you probably needed that. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so cute. <laughs> no, it was good actually. We oh. both, I think, because um, we do talk a lot like when we're at home, like we are talkers. Mm. Um, so there's and never processors, really... right? Like supportive yeah, processors. We're just generally like talky mm-hmm. people, right? So we'll talk about anything and everything. Um, so it's just quite kind of, you know, it's nice when you've kind of got a relationship that's got a reasonable kind of match level in terms of conversations, right? So so I think naturally when we come back together, it is kind of we both want to talk, but you're almost like there's so much to say that you almost have to kind of take it in turns. It's my turn now. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yeah, you've got it. Oh, that's so sweet. It does feel like with the talking stick, is that what we used to call it? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. passing along the, get, the talking get a wooden stick. spoon out. Yeah. Uh, is that the UK variety? Oh, well, you, you could hold a wooden spoon, yeah, and you just pass it. What would you hold? Well, talking stick or the conch, I suppose. But was that Lord of the Rings or Lord of the Flies? I can't remember. Anyways, like, yes, some sort of object. But the wooden spoon, that's very sweet. Yeah. Oh, very nice. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, that's lovely. I'm glad that your uh, man with whom you share uh, both the intimate as well as the daily frustrations of life that he's yeah. back. This is Me good. too. Me too. I think sometimes you need a little bit of absence to um, let your heart grow a little bit fonder. Oh my gosh. Oh, word. <laughs> <laughs> Doing a bit of an absence situation myself. So, and no. certainly the uh, fondness is uh, at epic peak. So yes, yes. absolutely. Spilling imagine. out into all sorts of saucy messages on text messages. Ooh. Anyways. Um, <laughs> Let's bring you back down from that. Before bring it back down. <laughs> Tell me relationship desk of love. What is the news? Okay. Today's Relationship Desk of Love is bringing you nine lessons that you needed to learn as a teenager about being in a relationship and being in love. Oh, okay. Okay. Excellent. Nine. Okay. Tell me. Nine. Yes. Yes. Just 20 years too late, but that's okay. Keep it going. That's fine. Listen, it's never too late, right? Yes. Never too late. So love is a daily practice. It's not just a feeling. Love is a verb. Yes. Yes. There was a song about that. Oh, wait, which one? 
Oh, I can't sing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try it. Let's do this. No, um, it's love is a doing word. Oh, no, this isn't. Da, na, na, da, 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 da. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, now I have to look that up. I'm going to Google that offline. Okay. Okay. Right. Yes. Back, back love to is the a doing word. <laughs> Never try to convince someone to love you, stay, or change. Oh, geez, those are three very heavy words. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. Love, stay, or change. Yes. Don't convince somebody to love you, to change, or to stay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> no wonder there have been trips and falls along my love journey yes okay yes you should never be begging somebody for your kind of uh, oh attention or affection should you but like i'm pretty sure everyone's done it at some stage like Gosh, you know yeah. when your relationship's on the rocks and you're like oh let's you know let's give things one more try and oh my god you know just yeah you know here's the thing they may not ask you to change but mm -hmm. you may yourself feel like you can't be yourself and you have yeah. to present an alter ego because you're terrified of being rejected because yeah. they have fallen in love with a different version of you that's not actually you. Yes. That's, yeah. that's included. Yeah. Go back a few episodes. You'll find all of it. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Focus on your passions and don't abandon what is important to you for a relationship. Yes. Yes. So part of the interdependence. Well, interdependence, but also coming into, uh, if you are trying to present a different person to your mm. partner, then you'll stop the things that you like to do in favor of all the energy that needs to be spent yeah. presenting a different facade to your partner. Yeah. It's so much easier to just be yourself. It I is. didn't realize that until recently. Because literally you might think that, oh, nobody really gets me. I just kind of have to be with somebody who doesn't get mm. me. Hold out their love. There literally will be somebody who loves what you're cooking in your kitchen. Like it's a, it's yeah. surprising. And it's true. Eight billion people on the planet. It's got to be somebody out there. Totally. At least 100,000. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, this, this, this next one follows right on from that. Don't <laughs> pretend to be cool with whatever. Relationships need your voice and your boundaries. Uh, yeah, like, and sooner rather than later, because... Absolutely. Yeah, the cool thing, like, oh, it's hard to walk that stuff back. Yeah. But you were cool with it for 12 years. Yeah, but I was never cool with it. <laughs> it's a hard thing to walk back. Yeah. Don't wait to be chosen. If they don't choose you, they are not for you. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. We'll leave that one there. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Character will always be more important than charm. Oh, God, yeah. Yes. So can often fall for like the, the charm and the, mm -hmm. but actually kind of what's beneath it. Is there kind of some substance there as well? Or is it mm. all just that kind of, I don't know, those initial kind of ways that may come out. Oh my gosh, darling. You need substance for sure. Substance. And you know, and I, I work with clients who have identified that they tend to fall for the charming person mm. because Somewhere they know that that person will not actually ever be attainable or be interested yeah. in them. So it protects them if their fear of rejection. So it, it allows you to play in the game of like quasi pseudo dating, but not mm. actually get rejected because that person will never ever, because they're just, all they are is this charming mm. kind of fluffy thing. 
like yeah. a Barbie cake without anything inside. The character yeah. is like the most beautiful Italian tiramisu that has every bit of flavor, nuanced, and stuffed inside. Oh, I love tiramisu. You're making me hungry. Anna. Oh, <laughs> totally. <gasps> Oh, yeah. Okay, last few. Um, surround yourself with people who are kind to you. And that especially applies to your partner. <sighs> yes. Oh, isn't that funny? <laughs> yes. It makes us realize that, wait a minute, we have a bunch of people. And oh, yes, our partner too. Because sometimes yeah. we might have some really great friends around, but our partner does not treat us well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Breaking up is hard, but it's part of life. And you will be okay. You'll see. Oh my gosh, that is so true. It is. So true. There'll be so then, many tears, but you will live. Yeah, exactly. It will not kill you. Yeah. And lastly, believe in yourself and don't date anyone who doesn't believe in you. Mm. I like it. Very wise words there, I think. It's a yes. good reminder. Yes. About what to look for in a relationship. You've got it. Okay, gosh, yes. And a lot of these, you've heard these before, but really, these really hit. These really mm. do hit. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. Shall we take a hot topic? Let's go for it. Today's hot topic. The beauty of imperfections. Mm. I'm selling a lot of things on Facebook Marketplace these days because I'm liquidating my life in Canada. <laughs> and um, it's interesting how people will say, well, it's a used item. Does it have any damage on it? Whatever. And for certain things like sporting equipment, you want to have, you want to purchase something that does not have damage on it. Same as a car. Yeah. But if you're buying antique furniture, it is ridiculous the people who, for something that's 100 years old, they'll be like, are there any damage or marks? I'm like, well... Mm. There's little chips and little this and that, but it is all to do with the character of the antique piece. So um, I'm kind of reminded of teak, solid teak furniture right now. Mm. Yeah, which I have been. Yeah. And, and the same goes for people and relationships. Yeah. The beauty of imperfections. Yeah. Yeah. I think this for me is kind of like where that total acceptance of your partner kind of comes in because... Mm. You never, I mean, kind of, we've talked about manifesting your kind of perfect partner in the past. We've talked about kind of, you know, really uh, digging deep to understand kind of what sort of person will make you happy, what you're kind of looking for. And so you can have kind of a list, you can create all of that. And that might be based on actual kind of physical attributes. It might be based on um, characteristics. It might be based yeah. on values. It could be based on kind of whatever it is you want that list to be. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing, you're never going to get everything on the list, right? There are going to mm. be things that you really, really love about your partner and there are going to be things that you really don't love about them. Mm -hmm. And they might be kind of physical or otherwise. But if you kind of are really, when you're like really, really in love with somebody, then those things that maybe kind of wouldn't be on your wish list suddenly don't seem that important. Mm. Oh, Yes. So you're like, well, it doesn't matter. I'm looking at like the holistic elements of the relationship. I'm looking at kind of the whole thing. I'm looking at the everything mm. that I get from this relationship and from my partner. So all these other things that maybe I thought were a big deal previously just really aren't. And I can kind of embrace that because mm. I embrace who you are as a person. Yes. 
let me throw a curveball in here only because this is thing. These are things that I think about. Um, let's say two people meet each other. They present in a certain way. And let's say mm. sometimes on the road, a few years down the road, a chronic illness, mental illness, a chronic pain syndrome sets in and that person is forever changed. Mm. What is it about? And you would never have seen this. Like, let's say there's somebody, yeah. uh, you know, who were previously healthy, uh, no issues, but now they actually have troubles doing more than an hour of activity a day. And the rest of the time they're needing to sleep, they're needing to rest, they need a lot more care. How does that fit in? And and, and there's no easy, I'm just kind of curious what your take is, that let's just say in air quotes, imperfections, but it was not at all present when you first started. But, that, the, but that's the thing that happens in relationships, right? It happens throughout kind of or different stages of relationships there will be change things you will change your partner will change um you know when you go through childbirth your body is changing and it's never mm. the same again <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> i can mm-hmm. tell you that for nothing yeah. um so you know things will happen as we kind of age or we hit particularly i do think women have got the kind of the raw end of the deal with a lot of this so we have to have kids and that changes your body you then kind mm. of give us bloody perimenopause and menopause yeah, and that changes yeah. your body um so we have kind of all of these things that will happen so all of us will change mm. we are not like the same kind of spring chicken that you met when you were in your kind of 20s 30s or 40s whenever you kind of met that you are going to be on mm-hmm. the day that you kind of you know pass and leave this leave this earth you know and hopefully that's a long time but as a result of that, things are going to happen to you. We we know that the um, the likelihood of you getting some sort of illness is pretty high because we mm-hmm. live a lifestyle that means that we are all, you know, kind of prone to those sorts of things. So I think things will happen. That's I don't think it's a kind of if it happens. I think it's when it happens. Mm-hmm. And it's a decision then. It's a choice. It's like, well, do I love my partner enough to accept everything that's going to happen in our lifetime ahead together? Or are there certain situations that are an actual kind of, you know, I couldn't deal with that. That wouldn't be for me. It's not what I signed up for. Oh, this is just so the key. And so many of us solemnities. Oh, my gosh. I'm not even going to try that word. Uh, go to the altar, go uh, walk around fire a few times or go to the courthouse and sign to a document saying in sickness and health, we have no idea what that means. And it's like, it, it is no joke. Um, sickness is not a sexy thing. It's not like, Oh, you know, you had an epidectomy and you're fine after a week. It is because a lot of the time, like when things change, people's mental health can change permanently, uh, in terms of their outlook on life and, and to decide that you love somebody and that there's enough core stuff there that you would stand by them. And that's not to say enable them. You know, you can still give tough love. You can still, um, help somebody to sort of be their best, even in the hardest of times. But it is a, this is probably the, one of the hardest things that I see as a physician Mm. with couples as they encounter illness of themselves, their family members, mental illness, financial Uh, downturn or hardship. Um, and so embracing imperfections and seeing them as beautiful. I, I think one of the things that I, um, uh, have, I think 
we have so much, we, we, are, we have such a privileged, cushy life, generally speaking, after the Industrial Revolution, where we seem to think that we have control over our lives. We have control when we end and leave. We have control over our finances and our wealth, and that all of us, given the hard work, will just kind of go on. The stocks are always going to rise, and we're just going to kind of have this idyllic, healthy retirement age and long life. But that is absolutely not, um, we, we forget that, like, life is a very wild, feral thing. We have not tamed life. We've not tamed our existence. Um, Perhaps when we had a mean survival of 32 years old, we were much more um, comfortable with the fact that there would be deaths in infancy, deaths in, Mm. you know, maternal deaths, deaths far too soon. You know, we say, oh, too soon. Well, what is a death too soon? Or what is disability too soon? Because really, we're in the wild, really. So, um, I think a lot of that is me dropping my expectations yeah. of what I, my future will be. Uh, right now I have a lot of financial freedom. I answer only to myself. I don't have children. So, you know, every day is like, what do I want to do with my day? Yeah. Um, down the road, I'll, if I am going in the direction of happiness, I will take on more responsibility, more community entanglement and more liability, which means that one day in the near future, I might be taking care of an elder parent may not be my parent, maybe a child, you know, it could be under very difficult circumstances. So I have to let go of this idea of my life ending up a certain way. And if I can let go of that and kind of come what may, then if I'm in a position where I need to take care of somebody, then I can embrace that as opposed to thinking that it was a bug in the system or somehow my life was meant to turn out some other way. Yeah. That's a long soliloquy, but it's letting go of an expectation. Yeah. But, you know, we've only ever got the moment in time that we've got. So sitting there kind of thinking about what are the, you know, what does the future look like? Are we, you know, will one of us get poorly? Will, you know, something terrible happen in our future that we're going to have to wear there as a couple? Like, you can sit there and kind of stress about that. Or you can just sit there and enjoy the moments that you've got now and mm. kind of, you know, take from that. And and I think in those moments, it is about still just embracing your partner, no matter kind of what. Mm. But I think to your point, it is about letting go of an expectation about this is what my partner should be, whether that's yeah. now or in the future. Wow. It means that we are, we are really meant to assess relationships on very different terms than we probably do now like oh they like the same tv show as as me and i'm like "Ah, no dig deeper (laughs) because when (laughs) shit hits the fan your mutual love of game of thrones like uh you know binge watching sessions that may not be the thing that Mm. you know keeps you guys solidified it's going to be much deeper values yeah i think it's just nice to kind of see the beauty and recognize the beauty in your partner and to do that like as a daily practice so really recognize exactly what you've got and what you cherish about each other and what you cherish about your relationship and that can feel really hard if you're going through challenging times so we don't always feel like that you know um I think there's there's so much in the in the kind of um you know modern day kind of social media and press and stuff which is around kind of gratitude and practicing it and I think often when things get kind of too popularized it can kind of almost turn you off from some things but the the fact is you know by practicing some of those things then you will actually feel like you've got a happier richer life 
So, you know, another way to do it is instead of thinking about it as kind of like, you know, writing your gratitude journal every day, which a lot of people kind of, you know, feel a bit repelled from, okay. is to maybe think about kind of what are the moments of joy that I've experienced with my partner? What put yeah. a smile on my face? Like really get it down to kind of some of the more kind of specifics about what's happening. Oh my gosh. It's so funny you say that because I actually unintentionally did that very thing. I, I left a time capsule for myself, which I did not realize what I was doing some months ago because I've met somebody. And when I first met them, I didn't think that we would actually end up together uh, because I thought we were on different tracks in life. But my admiration for this person is so intense and so beautiful that I actually marked it down and I wrote a note to myself on a particular date of the calendar. And, um, and it is something that I just revisited a few days ago and it, it will always be so long as a Google calendar is still in business. It'll always be there for me and I will use it as things turn into, you know, like infatuation and disillusionment and all the phases of, of progressing towards sort of a mature love to remind myself of the absolute admiration of this person as a human being, the things that I just yeah. found spectacular that will never change um, because mm. they will always be like that. And, um, but I will forget parts of that as yeah, we yeah. all Sometimes do. Sometimes you just need that reminder. Leave a time capsule for yourself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, and, and the thing is too, is and write something in a way where you don't own that person, where you're acknowledging mm. the things about them that have nothing to do with you. That's just the thing yeah. they put out in the world. Uh, mm. It will be evergreen and it doesn't depend on whether you own them or not. Yeah. Yeah. And go back and visit it when uh, yeah. skies are gray. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Mm. So shall we take a question? Let's do it. Today's question. I just got caught having an affair. How do I save my marriage? Divorce hasn't been mentioned yet. Oh. Short and sweet this week. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> hiding behind the short number of words is a very loaded... Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. So again... Well, I think I might be drifting on this a little bit, but my, my guru on this has, has been for quite some time, Esther Perel, uh, affairs are very common, not spoken about, but infidelity is more sort of the rule than the exception. Uh, there is life after an affair. You can get another chance at a new relationship with your same person. You don't have to necessarily divorce or leave them. Um, I don't know if that's, I don't know if I necessarily believe all that as much anymore, but that's another, that's another podcast. So Okay, there's a lot. What is coming up for you here? <laughs> Unpack this question. Okay, so I think for me, the first things that come to mind are, so the, you know, the listener saying, what do I do? Like, I've been caught, um, you know, the divorce hasn't been mentioned, which would make me think that they don't want to get divorced. And, you know, maybe there is some remorse there. I don't know. As you say, there's not too many words mm. to go on. Yeah. But the yeah. thing that comes up, for me, is if the question is, what do I do? Hmm. Then the answer is, be kind and be honest. Uh, a lot in that, those two small little statements. Okay, yes, seems so easy. It's, it's, it's simple, but it's not easy. Okay, so tell, yeah, say more. So I think, you know, now is the time, as you say, kind of Esther Perel, she will say it's a bit of a rebirth. It's mm. time to kind of breathe new life into your relationship. Something's happened for a reason. You've got to that point for a reason. And I think it is about, it's about being honest with your partner about why it was you did the things that you did 
and then what you would like to happen next. And the reason that I'm saying do it with kindness, we should always be practicing kindness with our partners. Um, but in this particular situation, you need to be extra kind, right? Because somebody isn't necessarily going to want to hear things that feel kind of spiteful or hurtful towards them or, mm. you know, you, in this situation, you need to take responsibility for your own actions mm, mm. and to then kind of blame the relationship or your mm. partner as the reason why you've done something. Well, it wasn't actually, because I'm quite clear on this in my mind. It was you. You made the decision. So you took that choice, regardless of everything else that was going on in your relationship, and it might not have been in a good space, but actually you then made a choice to make that even worse by doing something that oh. you know your partner wouldn't have really um, approved of. I'm going to oh. say most people would not approve of that. <laughs> no, but I mean, that's an important medicine to swallow because like there, and to be honest, I actually tend to be a bit too soft when it comes to moral judgments of like, oh, let's not be judgmental. But I mean, when you just said that, I heard it and I did not hear you shaming me or wagging your finger. I just heard a uh, facts be facts. Yeah. You just took what could have been an already uh, tricky situation where neither of you Obviously, neither of you are showing up to the relationship with your best. Yeah. That, you know, to answer the question of why did the affair happen, you know, the bed was shat on, on both sides. The affair, a singular decision to make things worse. Yeah. And, and if I had had an affair and I heard that, I'd be like, facts. I can't deny what you just said. Yeah. And I got to own that first. Yes. Because everything else is just bullshit and excuses. And we can't move yeah. forward if, unless we own our shit. So that's true. Yeah. If I had an affair, I would own it. Yeah. I think you've got to take responsibility. And I think, yeah. again, you know, this is another situation where we feel terrified of the outcome. We are fearful of what our partners may say, think, do next. So we think the best thing to do is just to avoid all conversations around it. And let's mm -hmm. just see if we can somehow miraculously get beyond this without ever speaking a word about it. Mm. So I think that's like the ultimate worst thing that you can do in this situation. Hmm. Gosh, yeah, no kidding. How on earth do you crack through your partner's grief, anger, and resentment to be able to even have a conversation? And what's even the timing of this? What do you do? Well, yeah, I mean, everyone's going to be different, right? You've got to give your partner space to be able to kind of come to terms with their their feelings around this. Mm -hmm. They are going to feel um betrayed you know the trust has been broken there's no two ways about it you had an agreement that you you know and often it's an un unwritten unspoken agreement mm -hmm. but generally you know you know how to behave in a relationship like whether mm -hmm. it's you know this area or other areas of your relationship you kind of know how to be a decent person we all do mm -hmm. and equally we know how to be a kind of totally undecent person as well yeah. and so we can play both of those cards and sometimes at the same time as well. Yeah. So I think, you know, you need to be able to give your partner space to kind of really feel the feelings that they've got around mm -hmm. kind of betrayal and upset and hurt. But I think you also need to set the stage for, do you know what, this this has happened. We, um, I can't change that. You can't mm -hmm. change it, I can't change it as much as we may wish that it hadn't happened we now need to um, to deal with it as a couple together. And um, I recognize that now you might not be ready to deal with it. But at some stage, we are going to have to get to that position where we can have a conversation about this. So I want you to know that 
I am here as soon as you're ready to start talking about it. But equally, you know, I don't want it to be something that stays between us for a, a long time without discussion. Ah. Oh. And that's very hard for the person who's had an affair to be able to say, because, and, yeah. and those very words, they're kind, they're neutral. Yeah. Um, they're asking for a deadline, but also giving space and giving grace. I am sure a lot of FUs will be, <laughs> and, you know, and I, I think what's important is that your spouse may not be all that generous, uh, yeah. hearing that. And, yeah. and it's unlikely they're going to be right. Like, yeah, because of course, if somebody's hurt you, you want to hurt them right back. So expect that kind of behavior but you you're gonna have to weather it as well right like yes you expect it but also then kind of brace yourself to um to accept that and say yeah do you know what I deserve that mm-hmm. I yes. understand that you want to hurt me now because I've hurt you I deserve that yeah oh this is really hard because the the timelines are often not in alignment. One person is like, yeah, yeah not ready now. And I'm not going to be ready in a while. And the other person's yeah. like, yeah, I get you need a bit of time, but like, I can't just keep being yeah. in purgatory forever yeah, yeah. Or, or being held in purgatory. So, um, it's always hard to sit in the other person's shoes and see, you yeah. know, for the person who's had the affair to really sit and understand the other person's hurt. Unless you yourself have experienced somebody having an affair on you. I think that yeah. brings you closer to understanding that feeling. Mm. Uh, and then similarly, if you've had an affair and you really want to make your partner suffer in hell, purgatory for years, <laughs> years. Mm. And I have seen, uh, yeah. people who've said, I will make you suffer for, and, and literally for two and a half decades have made their partner mm. suffer in the, in a, stalemate marriage. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's not, that's not fair. And I, I think even if you can step out of yourself and your own herd and you realize, no, I, you know, I, I can't make my partner suffer for 25 years. Well, it's not going to bring happiness either though. Like, so, mm. you know, I've got to really think, is True. this making me happy? Is this, you know, a healthy existence in life? True. Is this going to have a kind of a positive impact on my life? You yeah. know, and, and it How, isn't. What am I so, losing? Yeah, exactly. Like you're, when you're making somebody else miserable, you're also making yourself miserable. Yes. We lose sight of that. So we just think it's uh-huh. all about the kind of revenge and it's there for the taking and they deserve it. But actually kind of what's the impact on you? Like how happy are you with your life? Right, right. Oh, yes. Again, it's a very short life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, you know, with our short life, it's just far easier to shit or get off the pot yeah. In, in terms of now, the, the thing is, and Esther says as well, which is true, um, you know, how will I ever trust you again? Well, she said, I mean, there's, there's, and I've, we've talked about this on the podcast before. There mm. are infinite levels and degrees of trust. Like, do I trust you to be able to drop the kids off at daycare and come back and not forget the kid in the car seat? Yes. Do I trust you with my heart? No. Do I trust you with my genitals? No. So, I mean, there's different... Um, levels. And one of the things in terms of communication is like, well, what is my baseline level of trust right now for you right now with this huge rupture? Okay. So I I trust you can take care of the bills. I trust you can take care of the kids. I might need to sort of check out and kind of deal with my grief. So if you can keep that going, but I don't want to share a bedroom with you. I don't want to hug you at all. And I don't want to have deep conversations for at least another few weeks because right now I'm so hurt. Yeah. So I think having open conversation about what trust is there and what trust has been broken and needs to sort of hang out 
And then what activities will start to bring trust online and what kinds of trust? And again, trust is not sort of an on-off switch of like everything. And that, and usually the sexual trust is going to be the last thing to come back online and it can take like years. Yeah. Shouldn't, but it can. Yeah. 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 How do you know whether this is a fracture that can be healed or not? Like, what are the signs that would tell you, you know what? How would you know anything? Like, you know, how how do I know my relationship's going to last? Like, well, how how do you know? Like, who knows? None of us know. Yeah. Well, what if you're hitting a patch where it's been many, many, many months and you've reached a certain level of communication or healing, but there's a lot that hasn't come back online. And Mm. how do you know whether you are being treated fairly. Let's say the person who had an affair and, and you're sort of wanting to see, like, are we... Because, again, the call is usually with the person who has been cheated upon. They're mm. usually the person who's setting the pace for the healing, mm. right? Mm. And how do we know that that we're going to be able to... I, th- I think the big question for me is, are we both still committed to this relationship? I think when you are there on the sidelines, you've got kind of one foot in the ring, one foot out the ring, then it's never going to really work for a relationship. Eventually, it's just going to kind of break down, dissolve, because you need that 100% commitment, you know, and and it's not to say that we feel it all day, every day, because there'll be days where we don't. Hmm. But for the majority of the part of your relationship, are you committed to it? Are you committed to each Hmm. other? Are you committed to making it work? Because that's what you need in order to move beyond this. Right. That's what you need anyway in any relationship. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. Hard stuff. It is hard stuff, right? It's one of the kind of trickiest things to navigate in a relationship, I think. It is. It is. And and a lot of us, uh, especially women, have been told, like, do not put up with that. Kick your man to the curb. He strays. And there is a lot of throwing the baby out with the bathwater because again, like it's not the, 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 the assignment is not to find the perfect partner who will never hurt you and, uh, mm-hmm. set up because you're perfect. And so you're just looking for your co-perfect. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. Um, you're looking for another flawed individual just like you are. And you know what? You might be the person who cheats one day and, uh, never say never. Like yeah. life is a humiliating, a humbling, maybe not humiliating. Well, often both. Uh, experience. Yeah. Never say never. Never say that you're not going to be the douchiest person that you know in a moment in time. Well, we've all done things in a relationship we're not proud of. And, you know, yeah. whether that stretches to kind of an affair or not, but we'll have done things, we'll have said things, we'll have behaved in a certain way that just wasn't very nice or wasn't yeah. acceptable. Well, we all do that. It's part of being a human. Every so often we slip up. Slip up. Yeah, that's true. Ah, so yeah, it's not all beds and roses. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's good to see some of the most painful, heart-wrenching parts of relationship through our podcast. Mm. We love the cute, we love the fluffy, but we don't stay there. We we talk about the hardest parts, and there's no one of us that can be immune you know, when it comes to infidelity, like there's big A affairs and there's little A transgressions, Mm. right? Like, is it, is it staying in contact with an ex? Is it, um, you know, a work partnership that is quite 
where you share a lot of emotional stuff? Mm -hmm. Is it a dating app that you never canceled? So there's just lots of stuff that we do that's in the grays. And is it cheating? Well, yeah, probably all of it is, you know, Mm -hmm. so a lot of us do stuff that, um, if the tables were turned, we may not, or, you know, we may not be able to rationalize it to, yeah, yeah, indeed. All right. Okay. So, yes. Another week on the podcast. Mm. And a little birdie told me that you may be going on a fabulous adventure in the weeks ahead that you're like, this life is stressful. Get me out of Dodge. And again, I love the UK um, philosophy of vacation, planning vacations. You guys are so (laughs) cool with this. Oh, I love vacations. Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) Yes, I am on a little trip. I am going... Uh, to Mexico with my daughter before she heads back to university. Oh, a little girl's trip. Oh, tequila, sweet. <laughs> so, so yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to it, actually. Oh. I um, and I actually would like to see some sunshine because I don't seem to get any here. Um, oh. <laughs> so you're being miserable about the weather. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, it'd be nice to actually wear my summer wardrobe for. <laughs> oh, yes, 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 yes. So yeah. It's, oh my um, gosh. Yeah, no, it's a bit of a kind of last minute booking, shall we say. Beautiful. I'm yes. thrilled. I'm, I'm thrilled. Very much looking forward to it. Sweet. We'll see you with the tan. Yeah, no. It was yeah. quite weird actually. I was coaching with somebody and we were talking about holidays. We were waiting for the other person to arrive on the uh, in, for the session. And um, so I said, we'd be in kind of rearranging sessions uh, to accommodate their holidays and my holidays. So the kind of question was kind of, where are you going? So I said, oh, I'm going to Mexico. And she said, oh, where are you staying? So I kind of told her. And she said, oh, I think my mum stayed there. Oh, <laughs> like, oh. Just last week. It's like, oh. how bizarre is that? Holy man. Oh, that's incredible. <laughs> so, That's so, a yeah. beautiful coincidence. That's the universe smiling down and saying, you made the right choice. Right yeah. choice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, so yes, it will be lovely just to mm-hmm. chill out and relax. Oh, for sure. Enjoy, enjoy. Yeah. And you'll be um, up, up and away back to Athens soon. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh, the countdown is on. The stuff is yeah. being sold on Facebook Marketplace. My house is empty uh, by house. I mean, my one bedroom apartment is being uh, emptied out. Yeah. We're getting lighter and lighter. Mm-hmm. Exciting. I know. I'm just thrilled. <laughs> Oh, good. I'm delighted for you. Yeah. Soon dispatching from Athens. Mm -hmm. We should look forward to that. Indeed. Indeed. Alrighty. Till next time. Till next time. So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.